Alrighty, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Nahmaduhu wa nasalli ala rasulih al-kareem amma ba'ad. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. And we seek blessings upon the Prophet. May peace be upon him. Okay, uh, uh, can you all nod? Someone nod, just let me know you can hear me. Okay, good. Very good. So, so last we left off, we were speaking about the Day of Judgment. And a couple points I want to draw our attention to. Let me get my Google Chrome working. And let's see right here. So once again, Al Fatiha. So in Arabic, Maliki Yomiddin. So sovereign or master, uh, we can also read this as Maliki Yomiddin, uh, but essentially he's the master, he's the sovereign, he's the owner of the day of, the translation here is recompense. So Dean is an interesting word that, that we need to, to talk about. Uh, those of you who have familiarity with the use of the word Dean, what are some ways we commonly translate the word Dean. How would you answer that question? And feel free to either uh, unmute yourself or to type in the chat box. So most common way we translate it is, is religion and, and, and Hania faith as well. And, and so why do I not see my, hold on. some reason I cannot see my whiteboard, my beloved whiteboard. Uh, there it is. Okay. Now I think you can't see my whiteboard. Can anyone see my whiteboard right now? No. Nod or shake your head. You could see it That's before. Funny. You could see it before. Okay. So strange. Let's try again. Third time is the charm. Mashallah. Okay. Alrighty, so Dean, we often translate as religion, faith, way of life in speaking about Islam, we will often call it a Dean because that is what we are speaking of it in the, as, uh, in the Quran, it's called a Dean. And to get more accurate to the translation or to the word itself, it's system of transaction. Okay. And so, so a loose relative of the word Dean is Dane. And Arabic speakers, how do you translate Dane? Dane is debt. Yes, exactly. Mashallah. And 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 so so the point here is to get a sense of of some particulars in speaking in this moment about God being the master of the day of Dean. So Yomuddin, why are we doing this uh, 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 as day of recompense versus day of judgment? To help make sense of this, when we go through all the passages of what happens on the day of judgment, and whether we read this literal or metaphorical, the default throughout the community is to read these, read these passages as literal. And so, so what happens? And so on the DOJ, 
day of judgment, again, day of Dean, day of recompense. A couple of things. One we've already discussed is this resurrection. Everyone who has ever lived is going to be resurrected right down to their fingertips. And imagine the experience of waking up in the worst earthquake the earth has ever seen. You're shocked uh, 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 out of your sleep. And the experience that each of us will have, uh, or at least many of us will have, on the Day of Judgment is going to be something akin to that. Except we may have been dead for, for, for a thousand years. <coughs> and, and so relate to that, there's this whole process of scattering of everyone and collecting, or let's say scattering and gathering, even though it sounds a little bit too rhymy. The scattering is because no one uh, uh, is understanding what's going on to the point that <laughs> you're navigating your way, you've just come out of this slumber and the earth is literally going through an earthquake. And it is so frightening that all of your hair is gonna turn white. Uh, if you're pregnant, you're gonna drop your baby and not even care. That's how terrifying it's going to be. And then <clears throat> the earth in this process is reforming. And people are trying to figure out what to do. And they find Adam, peace be upon him, first prophet. And they ask him, all right, what do we do? And I'm paraphrasing here for simplicity. And he's saying, yeah, I can't help you. And then they go to Noah. And he is saying, I can't help you, refers people to others, to, to Abraham, Abraham, peace be upon him. And eventually they get to Muhammad. And the prophet has this moment of prostration. It may be the, that everyone falls into a prostration, but he definitely falls into this prostration. And in this prostration, it is in earth time, it might even feel like it's a week long, maybe even longer. And then he'll come out of his prostration and present will be the throne of God. And even Moses, peace be upon him, will be there at the throne of God. And a few other things are going to happen. Our individual judgment as well as, and I'm gonna use simple language here, paying debts. So part of your judgment is going to be this process of being held to account for all your choices you made in your life. And related to that, if I owe each of you anything because of misconduct, because of abuse, because of unfairness, I'm paying you back. And if you owe me anything, you're paying me back. And also in this, you're going to be shown heaven and hell. And for some people, <clears throat> as they're going through these processes, it's going to seem as though hell is getting closer and closer to cl and closer, almost as though they're going to be dropped into it. And for some of those people, then it's going to be pushed away and heaven's going to be get cl getting closer as they're going through this whole accounting system. Now, what are the particulars? What's gonna happen first? What's gonna happen second? What's gonna happen third? That you find different schools of interpretation. So I'm giving you just the big parts of what's going on. 
And then there's going to be the bridge. The sirat. That is as thin as a hair, as sharp as a knife. And imagine you are going over this, you're in complete darkness and you're above this huge valley. And that valley is hell. And there will also be coming from hell these claws trying to pull people down. And what is the source of your light crossing the bridge? It's going to be the ablutions that you did before prayer in your worldly life. And so those that are going to hell are going to be, or those that do not have much light are going to be begging other people, give me some of your light. But nobody is going to care about anyone else. And people are going to be pulled into or fall into hell. And on the other side of the bridge is paradise. And at the entrance to paradise is the prophet. And his fountain or his pool. And those who are reaching across are going to be greeted by the prophet, peace be upon him, will bathe in the fountain, and you will have a type of purity there. And then you will enter the gates of paradise, of which there are as many as eight major gates of paradise. And you'll go to your location, your own paradise. And the people of hell, meanwhile, are beginning their punishment according to wherever they belong in hell. So, so we're saying uh, this is, in a simple nutshell, the day of judgment. The experience of the day of judgment is going to feel like 50,000 years. So, uh, honey, the white light that I believe you're talking about is, is the one that's going to be on your forehead from people doing their, their evolutions. And so, so one point to think about is that this is absolutely inevitable. There's literally a whole surah, the 56th surah of the Quran, that's, that's called al-waqi'ah, like this is absolutely inevitable. If I don't want to think about it, it's still approaching. Now, when we're speaking of day of judgment, that would apply to your individual judgments. And a better, trans, a better uh, term that's translated as day of judgment would perhaps be Yom al-Fasl. And then Yom al-Din is paying off your debts, your accounting, recompense. So there's multiple names uh, of the Day of Judgment. Another one is Yom Al-Qiyamah. That seems to be, in terms of numbers of repetition, the most, the Day of Resurrection and such. Another is Yom Al-Hashar. It's not as important for our purposes that you know all these. The basic point I'm making is that the Day of Judgment is given multiple titles throughout uh, the Quran itself. But it is fascinating that the first reference relates to paying off your debts. And so this brings us back to, so this is, so this brings us to this point of relationships again. We are also taught, and, and this is, again, a matter of theological uh, interpretation among, among uh, theologians, is if I do some wrong to you, God forbid, and you don't forgive me in this life, 
then it seems as though the majority opinion is that God is not going to forgive me if you don't forgive me. If I do wrong to you and you forgive me, then I have nothing to pay for you, pay to you on the day of judgment. You have let me go. And we're going to revisit that point uh, uh, in a bit. And so, so day of judgment, we'll be referring to obviously the judge, judgment itself. Judgment before God. So I'm going to give you two assignments that are optional assignments. We already have the gratitude assignment, right? I gave you the gratitude assignment. Someone nod, pretend uh, like I've said yes. Yeah, okay. Okay. So two assignments. One regarding the day of judgment, let's call these optional assignments. So by optional, I'm saying uh, uh, you don't have to do it, but I highly recommend it. Regarding the Day of Judgment, and this is being in Ramadan, and this is especially a good time to, to think to do it. I want you to take some time and just imagine your judgment. As real. So a way to think about what I'm saying is if I ask you, imagine uh, where you're going to be, what you're going to be doing in two hours from now. Think of how vivid that is. And you have a certain amount of, of certainty in terms of what you'll be doing, inshallah, in two hours. Okay. Now, let's extend that from two hours to tomorrow morning. So, I mean, a bunch of you are undergrads, you're probably gonna be asleep until 2 p.m. But anyway, so, so, uh, Imagine tomorrow morning, if I said 9 a.m., what will you be doing? And try to think about how vivid that is and try to make it even more vivid in your imagination. But if I jump forward and ask, what are you doing in a month? Okay, on, let's say, June 1st at 3 p.m. Well, some of you might be still in this class, but let's say 2 p.m., uh, what will you be doing? Uh, it starts to get more and more hazy. So I want you to try to imagine your judgment as being as vivid as you imagining an hour from now or imagining yourself 15 minutes from now. Because in the same way <clears throat> that I mentioned that what I believe, what I believe in my heart about a law is going to impact how I perceive of the world, how real I regard the day of judgment is gonna impact my conduct. It's going to impact my consciousness of the day of judgment. So let's say I'm an atheist and I don't believe there's an afterlife, I might still have good conduct. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's fair for us to say that if I have this real consciousness that everything I say, everything I do is going to be reminded, I'm going to be reminded about it by the creator on the day of judgment. I'm going to be much more conscious about my, 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 my behavior. I'm going to be much more conscious about what I do, what I don't do. Okay. So what is the goal here? Or what is the point? Let's change this to point, sorry. Point. How real I regard the day of judgment will affect my conduct. It'll be directly proportional, proportional. So we are even taught 
uh, of the people that will be given the shade of the divine on the day of judgment, right? That will be given relief on the day of judgment. One will be a youth who are upright. And, and let's try to make sense of why. That when you're young, as mashallah, you know, most of you are, uh, <clears throat> it's easy to not think about your mortality. If you've dealt with serious sickness or people around you who are very ill, or you're an old geezer like me, I mean, you, you don't, don't even use the term old geezer, right? Do you, do you use the term old geezer? Judd, do you use the term old geezer for, for old people? No. Okay. So see, that's how old I am. Yeah. Mashallah. Yeah. Uh, like literally in my consciousness, uh, I'm looking at my life as though time is running out. You know, mashallah, I'm healthy and everything. And for all I know, I might live to, to uh, age 90. I might live to age 49. Yeah. But there is very much the sense that, okay, my time is running out. I don't want to waste my time. Yeah. And so, uh, so the point being that when you're young, it's easy to forget that you're mortal. Yeah. And thus, it's easy to mess around with your time. Even if it's something as, or I just sleeping all day as well as all kinds of misbehaviors. And so implicitly, what we're often saying is, yeah, I'll straighten myself out later. In that way, you know, this whole COVID pandemic is a good reminder about mortality, you know, in the, in the, the difficult way. And, and many of you probably know people or know people who know people who passed away. And I've mentioned, I have students now who've lost parents um, to the virus. I have colleagues, and I think I mentioned this, I have a colleague at Loyola who lost both of her parents in one hour uh, to, to the virus. That's how close this is to my world and to some of you might be even closer. And that's just one. And I know some of you here have also dealt with very serious illness in your own personal lives. So the point here is do this as, uh, as an exercise at the very least once, when you're in a moment of peace and quiet, you have nothing else going on, seriously try to imagine your day of judgment. Or if you're in bed and you're getting ready to go to sleep, seriously take a moment to really imagine your judgment. Now, what's gonna happen with some of us is to take the route of a child when danger's coming, and that's just to turn away, pretend like it doesn't happen. You know, I've told a joke with many of you, which unfortunately is not a joke, it's more real than a joke, that babies used to love me. Like I used to be the human monkey bars and jungle gym for babies. And something happened at some point that now they're terrified of me. They're like, look at me and they look away as though I don't exist. Right? And that's what often we do, many of us do when it comes to the day of judgment. You know, rather than think about it, now I'm just going to you know, blind myself. And that's often an excuse we give ourselves for more misconduct. Yeah. And we're being told this is more real than just about anything. This is more real than anything in your world, the Day of Judgment. Every single one of us is on a train headed straight to the Day of Judgment, and there's no getting off. Good. Second assignment, related to this idea of debts, uh, map out your relationships. Good. So think of 20 to 30 of your primary relationships. Some of you because uh, you're on the younger side, might only be able to come up with 20, but some of you can come up with 30. 30 relationships, your 30 top relationships. Top, I don't mean best, I mean your, 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 your biggest, most uh, significant relationships in your life. And then categorize them. And then evaluate yourself in each of those. So my relationship with my father, my relationship with my mother, my relationship with this sister, that sister, daughter, etc., etc. And evaluate your role in each to figure out uh, if there is something you need to change. Like, do I need to be more in touch with this person? Uh, what do I owe this person in terms of decency or something material like money? Okay. And then if you'd like, uh, for each of these offline, uh, I'm happy to, to go through them with you.
to help figure things out. Like, are there things that I need to do, need to be conscious of and such? Okay. Okay. So master of the day of judgment. The other point I want to draw our attention to regarding day of judgment is when Allah is speaking of himself as master of the DOJ. So day of judgment, day of recompense, and I'm defaulting to day of judgment. Uh, what is wisdom that we can gather by the fact that he calls himself master of the day of judgment? Isn't he the master of everything already? He's the master of dunya. He's the master of this world. He's the master of every one of us. What would be a wisdom we can gather about the fact that he's calling himself master of the day of judgment? What do y'all think? Anyone either speak or type? Like he can grant people um, like peace if they want to during that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, so the difference between the day of judgment and this world is this world someone can dispute whether or not God is the master, right? I can be an atheist. Uh, I can be an agnostic and say, I don't know. Uh, on the day of judgment, there's no dispute. And so really to your point, I'm sure that he on the day of judgment is also going to give you permission to speak. Otherwise you're not going to be able to speak. I mean, there are other some smaller points that I didn't mention in that, in that short list of things that will happen on the day of judgment. Your body parts are going to testify for or against you on the day of judgment. The Quran is going to testify for or against you on the day of judgment. Okay. And, and so, yeah, so the point is that he is the undisputed. On that day, he will be undisputed master. Of the day of judgment. So, <clears throat> in this first half of the surah, what do we have? We have who is Allah to us? He is Allah, He is the highest or the most in Rahmah, the eternal in Rahmah. Praise and gratitude are due to him. He is the Rabb, Lord, nourisher of all the worlds. Again, the highest in Rahmah, the eternal in Rahmah. Master of the day of judgment. Okay, this is who Allah is. This is who Allah is to us. And so imagine if you're going to introduce Islam to someone. This is the ultimate introduction to Islam, being the Quran itself. And so what is the first thing we're learning about? Allah, 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 Allah. Eight references to Allah. The second half of the surah is now going to focus on our relationship with him. First half, him to us. Second half, us to him. And that we will start talking about tomorrow, inshallah, starting from this passage, all the way to, to the end. So at this moment, uh, I'll open the floor for any other questions about anything at all, anything we've covered, anything related. Uh, what specific needs can, can lead you more to heaven or hell? Okay, this is a fantastic question. And, and in fact, uh, Santiago, why don't you answer, ask your question as well while I'm setting up the, uh, the screen. You're gonna need to unmute yourself. Sorry, I had two that are kind of related-ish. So Please. the main question is, um, is, all, is all that list of what's going to happen, is that possibly a metaphor for something? And, and also, what are the eight gates of heaven and what is that about? Okay, so uh, this list, uh, this is coming from the text of the Quran and uh, the majority opinion, the majority interpretation is this is literal. And to really take it further, uh, from the perspective of the day of judgment, this world is more metaphor than literal. And, and so we often imagine, and not saying you necessarily, but we often imagine the afterlife to be sort of spiritual, ethereal, and this is material, corporeal. Uh, from the perspective of that world, this world is very spiritual, ethereal, fleeting, um, and that world is ultimate reality. 
And yeah. so it could be that this is metaphor, uh, but the majority understanding is this is all literally going to happen. So. All right. Uh, in terms of the, the gates of paradise, there's a, there's a teaching attributed to the prophet, peace be upon him, where he is saying that there's eight gates of paradise, uh, of which uh, four of them are named. And then there's scholarly interpretation for what some of the other, the other four are. And Sheikh Omar, I might need your, your help in remembering. One is the gate of fasting. So those people who, who have fasted tremendously will be going through the gate of fasting, inshallah. Another is the gate of prayer. Okay. And I'm forgetting uh, even the other two that, that the Prophet peace on him named. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 Sheikh Omar, if you remember, uh, chime in. Uh, you know, how do you, how do you uh, conduct uh, your relationship with your parents? That's one of the four that he named. And, uh, but otherwise I can, uh, another one of the scholarly interpretation is the gate of those who restrain their anger. Another one is charity. Another one is, is, is jihad. Uh, I want to say one is a gate of knowledge, but this, uh, this, uh, let's just play it safe. Let me, let me look it up inshallah and come back to, uh, uh, on that. And so he is hoping, the Prophet peace on him, is hoping for, for, for us to go through as many of those gates as possible. Abu Bakr has said that he'll be going through all of them. Okay. Um, so it's not like, I thought those were all like different entrances, but so once you're in, there's, there's more like, is one more deeper than right. the other? Try to imagine it. <laughs> imagine. <laughs> so think of, imagine the gates as honors. Okay. And, and so, you know, so like all these people who would have been graduating, all these students who would have been graduating, uh, in, in your graduation, you would have had different uh, robes or different sashes, not robes, but uh, what are they called? The different cables. And, and yeah. so think of entering the, each of the gates, the different gates of paradise as different uh, honors. Yeah. All right. Well, interesting. Yeah, so. And you. okay, very good. So, so Simone, to to your question, Shola. So, first point to to consider is is uh, what should be my sentiment regarding the future. So we have my future in dunya. Which is what, what does Allah have in store for me? And then relate to that, my response to whatever Allah has in store for me. And then what should be my sentiment regarding my akhirah? Akhirah meaning my afterlife. <clears throat> so the default sentiment I should have regarding my future is hope. Meaning, if Allah is so merciful, my default sentiment should be that Allah is going to continue to pour mercy on me. It's already given I'm going to have struggle. Good. And yet my default it should still be one of hope. This is especially important in a time like this, where there's so much unknown. How long is this going to go on? Am I still going to have an income? If I'm someone who's graduating from school, am I going to find a job? Am I going to be able to do X, Y, Z? Your default should still be hope over fear. However, am I going to be sufficiently grateful? I should have more fear than hope. So I'm going to say hope over fear up here and fear over hope. Meaning for all of that, all the blessings Allah is going to give me, am I going to be sufficiently grateful? Am I going to sufficiently persevere? I should have more fear of failure than hope of success. 
And thus we have that fifth test, which is the, the test of forgiveness for all the places where I fall short. And that manifests in the, the day of judgment. And for that, I should have equal fear and hope. Meaning what? <clears throat> and, and so this is a one particular scholar, he, the way he frames it is that, imagine you were to hear only one person in all of creation is going to hell. You should be afraid that you're that one person. And if only one person in creation is going to paradise, you should have hope that that's you. So it's to have a balance of fear and hope. Now, what the devil is going to do we haven't talked about the devil yet. That's still, it's going to be about, about, uh, about 30 eyes, 33 eyes away. Uh, the devil's going to either make you fearful of your salvation to the point that you're going to think you're doomed. Or he's going to make you so hopeful and confident that you don't care. Yeah, I'm going to be fine. I don't need to think about this. To help develop more hope and to help develop more fear. One small step is anytime I need more hope, uh, I should say something as simple as Alhamdulillah. Why? Because what have I just done? I have increased my status on the Day of Judgment. I've improved my status. And if I am not sufficiently fearful, I should remember my sins. I literally spelled it for a lot wrong. So, I should remember my sins and seek forgiveness for them. Now keep in mind, suppose I self-identify uh, myself, if I look at myself and I think, okay, look at all these sins I've done. I'm doomed, that's wrong. Okay. You must still have hope. Now, it doesn't mean that you have so much hope that, yeah, I got nothing to worry about. You know, a person might need to reform themselves. A person might need to make some serious changes to their lives. So one example of that, the famous narration we often share is the man who killed 99 people and then he's wondering if he's going to get any salvation. And he goes to a monk and the monk says, no, you're doomed. And so the man kills him. And then the man continues wondering if he has any hope for salvation, comes to a scholar. And then the scholar says, yes, but you got to get yourself out of that town. That town is making you crazy. Okay. And, and then there's more variance to the story. But the point being that sometimes if we're in the habit of of wrong actions, we might make it. We might have to change some some small or big changes to to how we're living our lives. But the point is, uh, uh, so so on the first part of your answer is that I should have a balance of fear and hope. And balance doesn't mean zero. It means I should have tremendous fear of the day of judgment as well as tremendous hope. And a precursor to that is I got to regard this as real. And so intuitively from there, uh, I think we all intuitively know what deeds will help us lead us more to heaven and those would be acts of obedience and then more to hell would be acts of disobedience uh, to Allah. And big or small. Sorry, not parents, uh, something else. Okay, much less. So eight gates, oh, here they are. Um, so prayer, jihad, charity, faith, iman, uh, remembrance, so thicker remembrance of Allah, fasting, hajj, and controlling anger rage. Thank you very much, Jazakumullah. And may inshallah your father walk through uh, all those gates, inshallah, as well as mother and everyone else. Uh, but Santiago, I don't know if you can see it in the in the chat box. Uh, yeah, I can see it. Thank you, Omar. Any other questions? Okay. So, uh, questions that me directly. I have some follow-up questions about this stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, the person who's asking that privately, I think you're meaning after the class ends. Uh, how can one not fear the day of judgment? 
So we have to distinguish between uh, being fearful of the day of judgment and being paralyzed by fear. If we're being paralyzed by fear, then, uh, then we're doing something wrong. And then we have to go through a serious process, both of reevaluating how we're looking at the world and such, and then by extension, leading from there into an increased practice of good action. A lot of times what you'll find is people who are very casual about their actions will fall into a type of almost panic about the day of judgment. Um, and so some of this is a process of readjusting those things, which I can work with any of you one-on-one, uh, uh, -on -one, inshallah. Will the day of judgment feel shorter than 50,000 years for some people? Inshallah, yes. For example, martyrs will, will seem to have, for lack of a better term, almost a get-out-of-jail-free card and go straight through. And so for some people, it will be quick, but it seems as though for everyone, it will still be an awe-inspiring uh, uh, event. Any other questions about anything else? What type of punishments are in hell? Well, basically, uh, uh, very vivid, graphic, literal punishments uh, at all sorts of different levels. So the prophet, peace be upon him, he goes through the night journey. And, and in the span of like the swing of a chain that fast, uh, he visits uh, Jerusalem. He goes to hell, visits levels of hell, and goes to heaven, visits heaven. And then he has this meeting with the divine. And in heaven, he sees all types of different things happening. And one, and I'm paraphrasing, and Mela, forgive me if I'm uh, reflecting these incorrectly, there's going to be this person who is being held down. So in our structure, we haven't talked about angels yet. Angels are sort of God's robots. They're the ones who are going to be operating heaven and hell in the same way that they actually they also operate this world. And there's going to be these angels that are holding down a person in hell. And he is going to be slammed with an axe in his stomach. Super graphic. The prophet asks, why is this happening? This is a person who used to cheat people out of their wealth. So he used to consume the wealth of other people uh, uh, illegally or without right. And so your punishment is going to match very closely to whichever uh, literal or metaphorical body part a person is using to commit their sins. And the lowest level of hell is what? Is the person who will be standing on, so the lightest level, not the worst, the lightest level of hell, is a person who will be made to stand on coals that are so hot that their brain melts. So hell is hell. The experience of the Day of Judgment is not only going to be so vivid, meaning all the veils of reality or all the veils of fantasy have been lifted, that it'll feel like in dunya you only live for like a day, day and a half. But those are some of the punishments, a taste of some of the punishments in hell. Uh, leaders in hell uh, who did not much about do much about the corruption of the people who followed them will also uh, be potentially facing punishment for that too. So if you're a religious leader and you have people who are skipping their prayers, uh, uh, you will have the equivalent of snakes that are biting you for each of those prayers. And these are hell snakes. These aren't like, you know, little tiny garter type snakes and just to balance it out uh heaven the lowest level of heaven is going to be something like the size of 10 earths or 10 worlds but it might be 10 universes for the lowest level and you will live in homes that are 100 foot high made out of pearls so imagine a pearl 100 foot high and you'll be served uh, with the, the greatest luxuries of, of whatever it is your heart can imagine. What happens to Satan during the day of judgment after? He goes to hell. You'll see he is also going to be an inmate of hell. There's going to be a moment in the day of judgment where people are going to see the devil and then they're going to go after him to blame him for them going to hell. And he's going to say, look, you know I don't keep my promises. You made your own choices. 
Wait, I have a question. Yes. Um, so, like, I know that, like, I don't know. So, a couple days ago, um, my dad and I were talking, and um, I think, like, some of his friends follow a different, like, person i'm not sure but like basically they didn't fast on like the first day of ramzan but like we know we don't really know because they're like oh we didn't see the moon or whatever but what if like because of like an imam or because of like a leader um thousands of people like didn't fast for one day and it's like does that go on that person do you know what i mean like is there gonna be like the same thing as prayers missed for that person so I will give you a couple parts of the answer. So this is around Ayah 200 or so, maybe 205 of Surah 2, uh, uh, where people are, and I might be way off in my Ayah recollection, uh, people are going to be asking Allah, okay, the person that led us astray, give that person double punishment, you know, for leading us astray, and it's not going to happen. Uh, everyone is going to be held to account for their choices. Meaning, part of the thing we also have to remember on the Day of Judgment is every one of us is responsible for ourselves. Um, and so, so the followers will be held to account, but the leaders uh, will also be held to account. Um, and so if the leaders are willfully leading their people astray, uh, then they will be held to account for it. You know, they will have potentially a share in all the people they have told to do wrong. Uh, on the flip side, uh, if it's a wrong, sincere interpretation, then inshallah, they're gonna be okay. That if I interpret and I'm wrong, uh, I will inshallah be rewarded for the attempt. If I interpret and, and correct, then inshallah I'll get double reward. As per a hadith where the Prophet peace be upon him is speaking primarily in the context of judges or mujtahids, people who are going through deliberation. But this would potentially fit into that. Does that make sense, Nashra? Yes, yes, thank you so much. Okay, sure. Any other questions? Uh, will our parents be punished for our sins? Uh, most likely not, inshallah, except where they have fallen in their own duties. And, and what's interesting is that if you take like all the narrations uh, about the rights of parents, rights of children, it almost seems like there's no way a child can pay back their parents for everything that they've done. Even there's a story of this person who carried his mother on his back for the pilgrimage because his mother was old and he literally carried her throughout the entire pilgrimage and then asked, okay, am I, have I paid my mother back for what she's done for me, you know, by physically carrying me in the womb and such. And he is told you haven't done one-tenth of her moving you as a baby from one side to the other side to feed you. And, and so then on the flip side, uh, it seems like we get paid back for, you know, with our kids. So, all of us best. Uh, but uh, unless your parents are leading you astray, that's a different issue. Uh, Judd. Yeah, um, I had a question regarding just, like, general, um, like, hell itself. Like, mm -hmm. is it known what type of people or what type of sins gets you to that lowest part of hell? Like, is it known what exactly um, put somebody in that position? So, so the common sentiment is uh, hypocrites will be in the lowest level of hell. We have not yet talked about hypocrites. We'll get them to when we get to Ayah 8 of Surah Al-Baqarah. So we're about 10 ayahs away from that. Uh, okay. the, the hypocrisy is often framed as worse. And then there's another type of person that's even looked at as worse, as, worse than a hypocrite. That is the faucet. But uh, those will be some of them. So. All right. Thank you. Sure. Uh, Sheikh Omar, can you give perspective on the concept of eternal punishment and its severity and how we can reconcile that with Allah's mercy? Wonderful, powerful question. So here, uh, when the word forever is used in the Quran, they will abide therein forever. Uh, that is commonly understood to, to be an explanation from a worldly perspective, like they will be in paradise forever they will be in hell forever and so so <clears throat> what's also sort of uh, uh understood is that time is not going to operate the way it does in this world and so i even mentioned that okay from our experience the day of judgment is going to feel like fifty thousand years but how are you measuring measure years and days and and such on the day of judgment and so, 
So there's the opinion uh, uh, attributed to one particular scholar who says that because Allah's mercy uh, exceeds his wrath, uh, that hell by definition is no longer going to exist. And, and then potentially everybody in hell will also no longer exist. And then there's the opinion that some people, almost everyone will eventually exit hell. It's already agreed upon that a certain amount of people will go into paradise. Uh, but then there's speculation that just about everyone, except for those people specifically mentioned in the Quran, like the devil, like the Pharaoh, like Abu Lahab, uh, that those people will possibly also go to paradise. Another way to, to, to read this, uh, which is more the frightening way, is as horrendous as hell is, uh, it is still an act of mercy from Allah. That uh, he could make hell even worse. And so these are some of the theories that, that people wrestle with to, to address your point. But regarding the eternality aspect, um, chances are that the word Khalid or the passage Khalidina Fiha Abada, so Khalid being forever and Fiha Abada abiding therein, so abiding therein forever, might have a very different meaning on the other side uh, because time will potentially operate very differently. But those are some thoughts. Uh, if you have anything, any thoughts you want to share, please. Any other questions or thoughts? Alrighty, uh, we will stop right here, inshallah. And so if anyone does want to work on those assignments uh, and you, you want to uh, uh, get my feedback, such or discuss with me and what to go from there, uh, by all means, drop me a line. You all have my email address. Um, either you can contact me at my Loyola address, which is omuzaffar at luc.edu or um, first name, last name, Omar Muzaffar at gmail.com. Either one's fine. But otherwise, inshallah, we'll see you all tomorrow. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika nashadu la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika nashadu la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika nashadu la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. May Allah tell reward you all. Wa akhirna wa'ana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. This is all.